He fired Comey because Comey would not, among other things, say that he wasn't a target of the investigation. He's entitled to that. Hillary Clinton got that, and she, he couldn't get that. So he fired him, and he said, I'm free of this guy. So there's something interesting. Uh, Giuliani, who's now a lawyer for Trump, was on Sean Hannity last night, and all the attention is about the stuff he said regarding Stormy Daniels, which I don't think is a thing. But it's got sex and a porn star and all that, right? so it gets all the attention. Mm -hmm. I do think there could be some complications with the obstruction of justice and all that sort of stuff that the president has to worry about. Giuliani talked about that with the firing and Comey and whatever. That's the first I've heard of it. Nobody's even touching on that subject, which is an actual investigation going on. Listen, I enjoy entertainment as much as the next homo sapien. I get the Stormy Daniels stuff, but to not talk about that is just stupid. So let's talk about it, at least for a few minutes, with Adam White, research fellow at the Hoover Institution. He's also the director of the Center for the Study of Administrative St- the Administrative State at George Mason University's Antonin Scalia Law School, a school that I'm quite familiar with, where he also teaches administrative law. Mr. White, how are you, sir? Good, thanks. Real pleasure to be on the air with you. Thanks well, for having me. Well, thank you. May we call you Adam? Of course. Excellent. Good. Uh, we're very formal about our informality around here. We like to ask first. <laughs> so, listen, uh, let's, let's start at the end. Uh, do you think... There is significance to the Mueller investigation in terms of the health of the White House and its, uh, you know, continuing status as the administration in power. Well, I, I, I do actually, and I, ha- I have for a long time. The very outset of this administration, I wrote a piece for City Journal, a magazine published by the Manhattan Institute, arguing that the White House really needed to get out ahead of the controversy surrounding the the then Comey investigation. Um, I, I worried that if the administration was not forward-leaning and didn't try to resolve this as quickly and transparently as possible, they were sowing the seeds for really undermining their own capabilities for carrying out their domestic policy programs in years two, three, and four of the administration. And, and so far, I've, nothing has relieved my worries on that front. If, if anything, all I'm right. all the more concerned. Right. Well, that's that's prescient. I mean, because it, you know, I'm not in the know. I'd like to, as a news junkie, I probably know as much as most people, but. It, there doesn't seem to be much on the whole Russia thing, really. But obstruction of justice, lying to investigators, et cetera, et cetera, man, they're in a minefield. They really are. And and as with most minefields, there's not an obvious map on, on how this plays out. Uh, the question of, of whether the president can commit obstruction of justice by undertaking his own presidential, lawful presidential powers to fire executive branch officials like the FBI director, that is really uncharted waters. My own instinct tends to be that the president's firing of an executive branch officer isn't and can't be obstruction, but it's an open legal question and it's something I continue to chew on. And in the meantime, you have this entire investigation, the now Mueller investigation, chewing on that question and others. And I think anybody who sort of pronounces confidently one way or the other on these issues is really doing a disservice to their audience. Well, you're, you don't understand talk radio, my friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> you need to bellow certainty at every moment. So, so I heard one lawyer, and, and this is the interesting thing. You can listen to some, you know, really highly credentialed lawyers like yourself and get 180 degree apart opinions on this. But um, I, I, as I heard one lawyer say, the president could literally constitutionally fire the FBI director because he doesn't like their haircut. 
He has that constitutional mm-hmm. right. But if you fired him because you're trying to stop an investigation, that does get into a problem. But you're not certain that that's the case. Well, I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a very serious question. Like I said, my initial instincts were the other way that the firing can't be grounds for obstruction. But the fact is, the obstruction statute is on the books. It goes to questions of corrupt intent, and this is a really uncharted uncharted course. I think it deserves serious attention from both sides. I think that the president's proponents need to take much more seriously this question of obstruction and corrupt intent. While at the same time, the president's critics need to take much more seriously the profound constitutional stakes at hand when you have a president being investigated and perhaps uh, subpoenaed or someday indicted for uh, actions taken uh, pursuant to the president's office. Which brings us rather conveniently to the leaked Mueller questions, which seem pretty clearly to be trying to establish the president's state of mind when he did various things, including firing James Comey. I think for the purpose of saying you didn't fire him because of his haircut or his job performance, you fired him specifically to cover up the Russia thing or something like it. Um, and, and then thereby make it something, uh, I don't know, unconstitutional or unethical or something. Well, con- contrary to statute is what the issue would be, that it was contrary to the obstruction of justice statute in our criminal law. Like I said, that ultimately does come down to the president's or any defendant's state of mind. One action for non-corrupt intent is legal, while the same action for a corrupt intent can, might, might be illegal. And so it's the most challenging of questions in criminal law, how to get inside the mind of a defendant and decide what actually motivated actions. Um, it's a real challenge. And the questions, as you've seen, are very broad. They go, to the, they go to questions of obstruction and intent. And the tests for whether a president could be subpoenaed to testify before the grand jury are very open-ended. When you go back to the leading precedent on this, a case from the 1970s called U.S. versus Nixon, it's not at all clear that the president could be forced to testify in the same way that Nixon was forced to turn over documentary evidence. Hmm. Would you advise your client, Donald J. Trump, to uh, sit down with uh, Mueller and his investigators and answer some or all of the questions that we all read the other day? Well, I think, I think there's two types of advice the president needs to get. The lawyers are going to advise him, as any lawyer would advise any client, to resist whenever possible answering questions under oath. And that's just a basic rule of criminal defense. At the same time, though, we're not talking about an ordinary criminal defendant. We're talking about the president of the United States, who has an entire separate set of obligations to the public at large, to his own administration, and so on. Obligations that are both practical and, in the case of the Constitution, his legal obligation to take care of the laws are faithfully executed. So hopefully the president's getting two sets of advice. One, the very legalistic advice to resist testifying, uh, both for his own sake and for the sake of his own office. But at the same time, I hope he is getting advice from others in the White House and around the White House urging him to testify. And quite frankly, I, I think the president should testify or at least answer questions to help dispel some of these clouds around the administration and to help show that he is taking seriously his obligation under the Constitution to faithfully execute the laws or take care of the laws are faithfully executed when you said earlier about his state of mind state of mind is is true for obstruction statutes it's also truly relevant for his obligation to faithfully um take care of the laws Mm. are executed so you said a few minutes ago you're not you're not certain that the president can be forced to answer these questions i hear the term constitutional crisis thrown around a lot around all this stuff would that actually be a constitutional crisis who makes that decision who finally decides the supreme court 
Well, the Supreme Court and the federal trial courts have a lot to say about it. Ultimately, this issue gets litigated. It will surely wind up in the Supreme Court, which will have to take seriously both the not just the, 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 the large legal issue of the investigation, but also the precise questions that the prosecutor wants to ask, whether they um, implicate foreign policy or national security, whether they threaten to take up a disproportionate amount of the president's time and energy, all those things. But then there also remains the, the question of whether the president would ultimately comply. In, in, in the Nixon case and in the Jones v. Clinton case and with um, Ken Starr's investigation of President Clinton, the president's ultimately complied. What happens if the president loses a case and refuses to comply? What would happen? I don't know that that would be a constitutional Send crisis, in the Marines. But it would... Well, he said that's right. But the president happens to be in charge of those Marines. No. He also happens to be in charge of the, Damn it. of the U.S. Marshal. You know, it's interesting. All the way back to the Federalist Papers and Alexander Hamilton, Hamilton's seminal defense of judicial power in Federal 78 makes clear that ultimately it falls to the president to execute the judgments of the court. So it's not hard to imagine a scenario in which the president would assert his own constitutional authority and not enforce a judicial judgment against the president. Well, I don't anybody know if that would be a crisis, but it would be unprecedented. Well, well, what are you going to do? Put anybody, him in jail? <laughs> anybody who well, who's going to put him in jail? Right. Anybody who has right. defended DACA, by the way, get your rhetoric flowing to explain to me why the president can suspend that law or in selectively enforce in that way, but not execute the court's judgment. I I understand the difference politically, certainly, but legally speaking, well, you know, I just. I, I have That'd a pretty be exciting. I have a pretty strong feeling it's not going to come to any of that. Uh, there, that's too bad. That'd be exciting. There may be some sort of <laughs> uh, you know misleading investigators or a weak obstruction case, and then it's going to become political, and the Dems are going to scream impeach, and the Republicans are going to say no way, and and then polls will be taken, and, and and we'll see which way the winds blow. And they will all decide: is it to our political advantage to impeach him or not? Right. That's what will decide that. Justice be damned. Adam White is on the line. He's a research fellow at the Hoover Institution and is a uh, director of the Center for Study of the Administrative State at George Mason University's Annan Scalia Law School. Uh, that's a very long title. Um, I'm just a, a big business card. I'm just, a, I'm just old, simple Jack. It's a lot easier. <laughs> so, uh, listen, we appreciate the thoughts and the expertise, um, and this is obviously not over. I hope we can stay in touch on the topic. Oh, anytime. It's a real pleasure to be on the air with you fellows. And I just want to reiterate the two questions that everybody needs to ask are what must the president do and what should the president do? And those questions are related, but not entirely. Beautifully said. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you, Adam. Yeah. Thank you. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Nixon famously said, if the president does it, it's not illegal. Now, that doesn't apply to everything, obviously. If the president of the United States walked outside and shot the gardener, right. you'd be accused of murder like anything right. But a lot of other stuff, it's an open question, because Nixon's argument was, um, all along, I broke in to try to get information because I believe communists were behind the protests that were being go- going on in the Democratic Party. Right. It was counterintelligence. Yeah. And I, as the president, was looking out for national security. Mm-hmm. How are you going to argue with that? Well, so it's never come down to that particular, you know, nobody's ever had to make that decision. But. Right, right. Well, And the beauty of our system, and the reason some of y'all annoyed me so much with a, this is like Nazi Germany and Hitler and God help us, shredding the Constitution, be afraid, be very afraid, is in in a crisis far more serious than this. 
all of the political support for Nixon disappeared. That's what drove him out of office. Absolutely. He had cabinet members quitting one after the other. He was powerless, got the message, and left. And it'll ha- if it needs to happen again, it will happen again. Absolutely. Unwad your panties. It's absolutely. If he refuses to answer any questions, if the Supreme Court said you have to answer the questions, and Donald Trump said, I'm not going to, all the Republicans would say, okay, you're done. Right. We're, we're, you're not going to get anything going with anything. Right. And if he didn't comply with that sort of pressure, they'd say, okay, we'll impeach you then. And he would be impeached, and he would right. be tossed out of office on his ear and thrown into the, 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 the bin of the infamous of history. So I just he'd have a public approval rating of like eight percent. And I tell you what, though, see, this is, you know, if this was a novel, and I was guessing about you know the the author's point and how it's going to end and the rest of it, it's a proud man with little self control, accused of something he didn't do or didn't certainly didn't intentionally do, and 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 so pissed off about how it questioned his legitimacy. That he did dumb things, and his people did dumb things on his behalf that looked like obstruction of justice. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And uh, I and think that that's what I think exactly happened. Now, what the final chapter is, I can't tell you. It kind of depends on politics. And I'll, I'll tell you what, folks, and if you hate Trump, this is going to be disappointing to you. If there is a breakthrough on the Korean Peninsula, a real one, and there is a newer, healthier trade relationship with China... And the economy continues to boom and raises, or I'm sorry, wages rise. Some some fairly obscure, difficult to understand obstruction of justice in the Comey thing ain't going to mean squat to nobody. Especially if we find out of it about it a year and a half before the next presidential election. Why not just let the people decide if they want this kind of character as president or not? Right. Right. That's why we have elections, which was our point, you know, at the time of uh, William J. Clinton's thingy. It was like, oh, my God, we're going to a hell of a lot of trouble to decide whether this philandering dope lied under oath. Meanwhile, the world keeps spinning. Yeah. So, but, you know, that's why we have elections. If you think differently, I suggest you vote differently, and God bless you. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Oh, this is my new favorite. If I have a pop music favorite song, this is Jason Aldean's new album came out. Mm. He's the entertainer of the year, you know, for country music. And he'll be touring on this album. Is he going back to Vegas? Because he was the guy on stage when the shooting happened. He's got to. Sure, he needs to. Sure, yeah. And I think he probably will. My son likes this song because he talks about sticking his finger up in the air. Which appeals to oh. an eight-year-old. Oh, my. That's defiant. <laughs> Can't have that. So, uh, yeah, our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A truck driver who got lost in the wilderness while delivering a truck full of potato chips emerged after being lost for four days. And get this, he didn't eat a single one of the chips. (laughs) This is incredible discipline. 
I don't even drive a truck. I ate a truckload of chips yesterday. <laughs> now, all I can think is, I think I figured this out. I know what this means. He must have been hauling those, like, disgusting, fat-free, healthy chips. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He looked in the back. He was like, baked kale? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's he good. was lost for four days. He didn't eat one of them. Then authorities were like, wait, what happened to the guy you were traveling with? <laughs> what? A little cannibalism. Cannibalism? <laughs> no. Yes. I, he was wandering for four days looking for a beer truck to rob. <laughs> he was going to go back to his truck. Yeah, he said, they weren't my potato chips. I'm not going to eat them. That's the sort of honor that used to be more common in this country. I don't know if that How qualifies. How about I eat a case and pay you back for him? Yeah, I don't Maybe know if that's stupid. I don't think that, that qualifies that? as honor. No? I took one case of chips. That's being completely honorable. I will pay for them. That's yes. honorable. Yes. Um, I've learned my lesson with chips. If I don't eat one, I won't eat any. Mm. If I eat one... You're doomed. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're designed that way to sure. trick our brain. It's not like weakness or anything. Well, it's weakness. Scientists have worked. <laughs> it's a little weakness. Scientists have spent a lot of time and money on trying to figure out how to trick your brain. To exploit your weakness. <laughs> I kid. Animal I kid. stories. I told Judy, please, no. Don't have them in the house. Right. Just don't even bring them in the house. Animal stories on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Got a trio of animal stories. Uh, lion mauls a man who bottle fed the lion as a cub. That's no. just your typical. It's uh, parenthood for you. People, yeah. people thinking that they're you wolf raise hybrid them from a cub, and they turn on you, or they're chimpanzee, or they're lion, or whatever. That they've created a bond, and somehow they're not wild animals anymore. And then they get it. Uh, they're wild animals. Happens Pro the tip: They're wild animals. Came across this. The Kentucky Derby is this weekend. Thirteen Kentucky Derby winners had a parent that also won the Derby, which shows how much nepotism. <laughs> Shows you how much the whole breeding genetics like thing the is. Bushes and Clintons. Which brings me to our pug. Speaking of breeding and genetics, uh, which is a uh, allow me to tease ahead. Tomorrow we will have the latest edition of Kentucky Derby or blank. I'm really proud of this one. In past years, we've had Kentucky Derby horse or Jean Claude Van Damme movie, <laughs> right. Kentucky Derby horse or Netflix original series. <laughs> right. Tomorrow's is really strong. So uh, okay. just teasing ahead to that. Awesome. Is it the one inspired by one of our fabulous listeners? Yes, it is. Oh, and she is. So well, we will thank you personally tomorrow. It's really good. <laughs> So speaking of genetics and animals, our pug, which is just a disaster of a man messing with uh, nature. Um, as you know, I love to hear pet owners gushing about their pets. Yes. Go on. <laughs> you often have to get operations so that they can just breathe properly because people like oh, the smushed up face. There. So you breed the smushed up his face bee. With oh, the smushed God. up his face dude, can and then we you get, get those smushed up face children that can't breathe. Can we get the dog scuba gear, honey? But anyway, ours will not be breeding. He is getting his testicles removed this morning, and I forgot, because my wife told me last night before we went to bed, she said, remember to say goodbye to Pup's testicles in the morning, because you will never see them again. <laughs> goodbye, <laughs> sweet testicles. And they'll be missed. He's getting neutered today. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Team Trump standing up for embattled lawyer Michael Cohen. we got a new push on to find the infamous Zodiac Killer and Charlie Rose. Misconduct even more widespread than we thought. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Giffy. The crusty paw strikes again. It was even worse than we had thought. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Boy, 
We have breaking news, breaking we news. Do? According to the police chief, there is a bad batch of LSD in Santa Cruz. For some reason, says the chief, and I quote, people are having a very bad reaction to it. Last couple of weeks, we've had four naked people running around screaming that they're seeing rainbows at nighttime and unicorns flying through the sky. <laughs> so, you guys uh, need me, I'll be in Santa Cruz. <laughs> if, you're, <clears throat> if you're one of the many freaks in Santa Cruz listening to talk radio to start your day, beware the bad acid going around. Hmm. Rainbows at nighttime and unicorns flying through the sky. That's just liberals. <laughs> we'll get a grasp of reality, you freaks. Uh, let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, Rudy Giuliani, now acting as one of Donald Trump's lawyers, insists the president did not know the full details of his personal lawyer's arrangement with a porn actress until maybe ten days ago. That's ridiculous, Rudy. Come on. Giuliani telling Fox and Friends that, yes, Michael Cohen was reimbursed for making that $130,000 hush payment to Stormy Daniels to stop saying she'd had a sexual encounter with Trump. Giuliani saying... Cohen didn't even ask. Uh, Cohen Cohen made it go away. He did his job. Did his job. So what does Giuliani think really motivated Cohen to jump in and shell out that much money? If we had to defend this as not being a campaign contribution... I think we could do that. This was for personal reasons. This was the president had been hurt personally, not politically, personally so much, and, and, and the first lady by some of the false allegations. That one more false allegation, right. six years old, I think he was trying to help the family. And I, to, to, for that, the man is being treated like some kind of villain. And I think he was just being a good lawyer so and a you, good man. I was hip to this by uh, some legal professionals. That sometimes in a like a deposition or a questioning or an in quote unquote informal sit down, which is almost always a bad idea um, to have a defendant do an informal sit down because it becomes formal the, the split second the authorities want it right. to be quote unquote formal. But anyway, they made the point that sometimes you can signal your defense and show the strength of it and the authorities will say, yeah, we'll never get a conviction on that. And I think that's one of the reasons they trotted Rudy out there to say, entirely a personal matter, trying to protect the wife. You know, it's a little humiliating. That's it. And so now Mueller's thinking, hmm, I wonder. Well, it's not a Mueller thing. He passed it off to the New York people. Well, that's right. The Cohen aspect of this, but no, but not the federal election law thing, which is what Rudy's talking about, a defense for the FEC stuff. That, again, if you know anything about the FEC, the fact that they're prosecuting anybody for anything is a surprise. Republican lawmakers want the president to be awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. The New York Daily News is saying 18 Republican Congress members have sent a letter to the prize committee this week recommending Trump for the world's most coveted human rights honor. Don't you have to wait to see how things turn out? Or do they just feel like the movement that has been made, which is substantial, of them meeting and shaking hands and all that sort of stuff? I'm with you, though. Come on. Let's wait. Of course, you can find 18 Congress people to sign about anything. I don't know how many Congress people you know. They're not all that impressive. <laughs> Some of them. Meanwhile, lead detectives in a high-profile serial killer case are hoping that new genetic technology can help identify a suspect. Detectives working on the Zodiac killer case have submitted letters and envelopes from the killer to a private lab to get a DNA profile this week. The hope is the envelopes he licked years ago contain DNA that could be identified much like how the Golden State killer suspect was caught. 
wow, so you can put it in a database, you narrow it down, you figure it out, and it's a guy who died in a car wreck in, you know, 1992, and yeah. that's the end of it. The big question is, can they get a good sample, yeah. which mm. is still in doubt, I guess. You yeah. know, obviously, we're all rooting for them. Go get them. Figure out who it is, even if it, you know... Even if they died years ago, just the human the human soul cries out for justice, doesn't it? We have reason to believe that he's a maniac. Agreed. Zodiac killer responsible for at least five murders in the San Francisco Bay Area in the late 1960s and 70s. And the Washington Post is reporting the incidents of sexual misconduct by Charlie Rose were far more numerous than previously known. That's according to a new investigation by the Post, which also found... Three occasions over a period of 30 years in which CBS managers were warned of his conduct toward women at the network. What sort of things was he doing? Well, apparently in some cases he was exposing himself at work, uh, grabbing their really? ass. Like that's such a big deal. At work? Yes. That's common, isn't it? Come on. New Who's alle- with me? New allegations. <laughs> he's against- going from wardrobe to the, the got breaking news. He doesn't, he's got to put his pants on the way to the news. I mean, come on. And we've like discussed to- this at length. America's uh, robe industry. Their standards have declined so much it's hard to find a good fitting robe. I would like to welcome my genitals to this table for the first time, which is only funny if you're a Charlie Rose fan. But, uh, <laughs> uh, new allegations. <laughs> New allegations against Rose date to 1976 when, according to a former research assistant, he exposed himself and he touched her breasts in the NBC News Washington Bureau where they both work. Wow, exposing yourself to women at work. Yeah. That is something. Wow, he's, I mean, he's just a perv. Yeah, the the you walk up uh, and and start rubbing their shoulders. You know, you're going to get in trouble for that. They don't they don't like that. They're certainly right. not all going to like that. But the, but you know, come on. No. Tell him to stop or or whatever. Right. Um. But exposing yourself. Wow. Now Matt Lauer, as I recall, was an overconfident Lothario. He was a philanderer, but he wasn't a attacker, was he? Or a no, exposer? I don't think so. Well, he just came woman, on to everybody. That one woman felt like oh, she but he ex- felt a little extorted. She know? felt yeah. like she wasn't allowed yeah. to leave his office when he locked the door and says she went along with it because she was that's, afraid. That's right. That one was scary and freaky. Yeah. Okay, I stand corrected. But I was going to say, I mean, Charlie Rose, if he's showing off his junk at work, I mean, that's just... How did you pull that off for 30 years? Because you're that big. That big a deal. Yeah, the former... Uh, Career-wise. <laughs> I remember talking about this at the time, but here's a guy who thought, I guarantee you he thought, that round table that he'd been using all these years and interviewed all of the most important people in the world was going to go into the Smithsonian. He was going to get the Mark Twain uh, uh, Award. When he retired, he'd be invited by the White House to the White House by whatever president. I mean, he was going to be a national hero on his way out the door. Thinking that, then he'd show a young woman his penis. Yeah. And think that, that was on. still going to happen somehow. Yeah. Wow. The former research assistant telling the uh, WAPO this other personality would come through and then the groping would happen. That was her quote. Wow. Anyway, Rose's response to the new allegations delivered in a one sentence email your story is unfair and in- inaccurate. End of quote. And wasn't he also very much isolated? He had like his own division of his production department yep. that was in charge of all his own shows yeah. and kind of. Yeah really kind of kept himself out of a lot of the other yep. kind of checks and balances, I guess. Yeah, that, that which was probably on purpose. And he'd hire the interns he wanted and then show him his, uh, show him his junk. Well, I love that idea for of a lot of reasons, but not showing junk, but, you know, having your own oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. 
I wonder if Charlie Rose and Pete Rose could go on an apology tour together. That'd be exciting. Maybe yeah. Axel Rose. Sorry I got fat. <laughs> the Sorry I left GNR for a while. Sorry I got fat. Charlie, you're up next. Sorry I showed my junk to young women. Pete? Pete? Sorry I cheated on baseball. I wagered. All right, Thanks. I did it. Thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> By any other name tour. <laughs> yes. I like it. Clever. By any Very other name nice. tour. Uh, anyway. Okay. Oh, so we got Hillary Clinton um, talking about... Uh, too many socialists in the party is why she lost. Yes, which is a that a was thing. a factor. I said that at the place I was at Saturday night. I was, you know, there's too many socialists at this party. I got to go somewhere else. <laughs> it was a May Day party, wasn't it, you commenter? <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Have you seen so You may be the only uh, presidential candidate since World War II that actually had to stand up and say, I am a capitalist. <laughs> uh, and you did. Uh, did it hurt you? Probably. I mean, you know, it's, it's, hard, <laughs> it's hard to know. But I mean, if you're in the Iowa caucuses and 41% of Democrats are uh, socialists or self-described <laughs> socialists, and I'm asked, are you a capitalist? And I say, yes, but with appropriate regulation and appropriate uh, uh, accountability, uh, you know, that, that probably gets lost in the, oh, my gosh, she's a capitalist. I, I mean- Hillary Clinton's still looking for reasons other than people just don't like your personality for why she lost the election, but that's that's a heck of a thing to say out loud. There's so many socialists in the party, it hurt me to say I'm a capitalist. Well, there's truth to that. I just, you know, I take her various excuses as they come, and I think that one's a pretty legitimate one. She's running again. All the energy in the party was with Bernie and Democratic Socialists. She's running again. Oh, Lord, help us. She's got it in her mind. Don't you threaten me. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Threaten you? Getting? Be a Christmas present. (laughs) By the way, we got this text over and over again. Would Charlie Rose walk up to these women and say, can you see my privates? Can you? Can you? Go. Thank you for paying tribute to those many texts. Exactly. 415-295-KFTC, or you can email us. Try to be better than that on the email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Iowa caucus entrance poll found Sanders garnered an overwhelming 84% of the 30 and under vote. Millennials are simply not that alarmed by the idea of socialism. A National Reason Group survey found that 53% of 18 to 29-year-olds visit socialism or view socialism favorably. What percent of? 53% of 18 to 29-year-olds, under 30 adults, compared to only a quarter of Americans over 55 who've seen the horrors of socialism. Uh, and they're still trying to make the... That might be it. I think it might be also you get out in the workplace and look around you and think, wait a second. Everybody's not pulling as hard as they can. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, yeah. And and just there are a number of propositions in life that sound good at first blush, but then you get behind them and realize, oh, that's the reality of it. There's so many things in people, jobs, relationships, vacation places, political systems. They sound really good. And then you investigate and realize they're a nightmare. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of saying it myself, but has there ever been a presidential candidate who lost and did as many books and interviews and tours to explain how they lost? Not a fraction Nobody's of this. ever even come close. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is, 
It's so far beyond precedent. It's, it's weird. It's amusing. Really. No one else lost to a reality show. That could star. be it. Part of it. That's definitely nobody part of lost it. an unlosable race. <laughs> that could be. It. Yeah. So uh, you're you're hired to fix a turlet there down at the shopping mall. It's decent work. Plumbing's a, a decent profession. I could have gotten into it myself. I'm not mm. bad at plumbing. I'm not good, but I'm not bad. It's satisfying when you do it right too. Oh boy, but man, water is unmerciful. If you didn't do it right, it will leak, and it will continue leaking until you do it right. There's a lot of, you know, let me put a shim in there or whatever, and, you know, carpentry or whatever, and, oh, man, maybe I'll saw off that much and add the, I uh, should have measured again. Uh, but in plumbing, water is merciless. Anyway, so you're hired to fix this there, that there turlet at your, uh, at your uh, Canadian shopping mall, so it's a very well-mannered mall and kind. And uh, you realize I got to take a, the panel off the wall to get into the pipes because it's leaking a lot. And uh, you take the panel off the wall, and there's a human being there. Well, uh, an ex-human being, <laughs> a former human being, a corpse in short. Uh, and uh, wow, somebody hit a body in the wall of the bathroom in the mm, mall. Maybe, but probably not. It was either a would-be perv. Trying to spy on people in the bathroom got, got stuck. stuck in there <laughs> and passed. Oh, look at them there, eh? Oh, I don't dare knock on a wall to let people know I'm here to prevent my own death because it's so rude to be looking at people's privates there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 I shouldn't have done it. I'm cooperating here. Uh, but uh, for whatever reason, the person did not do that. Theory number two, which is... Less amusing, but still very odd, is that they were for some reason crawling through the ventilation system to get somewhere, and they fell out of it and got wedged at that point in the wall, mm. right behind the turlet, and were maybe knocked unconscious and, and perished there. God, that'd be horrifying. Well, yeah, you imagine you're you're a mild mannered Canadian plumber. You're walking Your through the mall. Your toilet works now, ma'am. You're just walking through the mall, hockey jerseys, hockey sticks, maple sure. syrup, right. hockey pucks, mm. all the stores. Back bacon. On your way. Back to bacon the hut. <laughs> hockey stick plaza. <laughs> you get your uh, Molson on tap here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. You know, listen, Canadians, we know how stupid this is. Just so you know, we know. Anyway, so there you are fixing the toilet. You take off the panel, and there's a dead freaker staring right back at ah! you. Ah! There'd be somebody embedded in the far wall. I mean, you'd backpedal. So, yeah, they're offering counseling to the uh, the plumber. Good idea. Trying to figure out who this uh, Better bloke... Better offer me a week off. Uh, who, <laughs> trying to figure out who this bloke was and uh, and, and how he got there. Uh, it was the, ba- the, the, the bathroom right off the food court. The food court remained open. <laughs> yeah, Thank God for that. Can't slow people down from a Cinnabon. No, indeed. People got to get their S. Barrow. <laughs> Well, if you're hungry, by God. It's great, honey. I'll meet you at the Scenic Pictures of Moose store in about half an hour. <laughs> so does their mall security ride a horse, too, or is that just Absolutely. their mounting? Absolutely. All okay. of them do. All of them do. Traffic mm-hmm. cops, meter maids. They all got the red uni. They all ride the horse. Yet another story uh, and study being done showing that multitasking doesn't actually work. You're basically, this. the quote from the headline was here, you're half-assing both things if you're trying to do two things at once. I have come to completely internalize yeah. that information. There's yeah. just no denying it. Yeah, that's my sweet spot, though. The uh, the nice half-ass effort. 
the mm. particular. Why well, I, I don't mind We've that if, if the multitasking, <laughs> if the multitasking I'm doing is leisure and something else. If those are the two tasks I'm trying to accomplish, that's not bad. But uh, yeah, particularly when it comes to paying attention to people and looking at your phone or whatever, you're not doing either well. I've attempted to watch the news while going through email, for instance, right. some of my off-air duties, and uh, no, I'm doing one, then I'm doing the other, then I'm rewinding the one because yes. I failed to do it while I'm doing the other. It's just sure. useless. Uh, we have not, we do not have time for this now. Perhaps um, for those who enjoy the award-winning fourth hour, uh, you can you can stick around for this. Strippers are lobbying San Diego to lower the fees that they have to pay to show their junk. Strippers have to pay fees. Yeah, they're junk showing fees, annual permit fees that, uh, according to the exotic dancers, are too high. I'm sure there's some fine rationale about, well, that helps cover the uh, additional law enforcement costs of horny guys stumbling into the night or something. It sounds to me like a cash grab. Yeah. How dare you overtax our local skanks? Is that a value judgment about exotic dancers? Yes. Yes, it is. How much we spend on military exploits around the world compared to other countries, it's quite shocking. Whether you agree with that idea or not, we'll decide. Okay, great. That sounds uh, substance-full. Yeah. All on the way on the award-winning fourth hour. What was that award? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 